You keep them fed, you give them a career, and offer them something to truly look forward to. They'll respect you, right? Wrong. Sometimes, they may think that they could do a better job. They could rise up and kill you in your sleep. Remember that mutiny strikes 11 of every 12 pirate captains. So how do you keep them in line? Be sure to compliment them. Give them a pat on the back. Try a group hug. Make them know that you really care. And if that doesn't work, every week, shoot one of them and dump the body overboard. To set an example. Hello and welcome to the Talk Like a Pirate Day of Requiem of the Outcast. This be the episode that every year we get together on Talk Like a Pirate Day, of course being September 19th, or for me, Tuesday. Actually, I think this year be Wednesday. I don't know, I don't really pay much attention, I don't have a calendar really on the boat. You don't really need much one, I mean, I, granted I've got the sundial, I have a nice little one on the wrist, that I wear, it's kind of like a uh, watch sundial, it's very... Very handy, of course, unless it's dark, in which case I never quite know what time it is. Oh wait, I know what time dark time is. Beer and wenches time! Aye, that'd be my favorite part of the day. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That'll be for later. But I'm here, of course, to bring you the special edition of Requiem of the Outcast Talk Like a Pirate Day. And for those of you who don't know me, of course, I'm the Dread Pirate Stringfella Hawk. The pirate who's so airwolf that you can't imagine how airwolf one be. I'm still not quite sure exactly how big of a measurement airwolf would be. Although I've been quite fond of using raspberries as a, as a measurement of time. But measurements, really, not so much with the nautical, but with me. Because it's tough. Yo, if you think pimping's hard, you should try being a pirate. Piratin's harder than pimping. I mean, you think about it, pimpin', you get quite a few late. Well, no, pirates get a lot of ladies, too. Mm. And the drink, well, no. And we, we dress quite fancifully, too. Maybe not so much with the bling, but we pirates, oh, we get a lot of wenching. Eh, it's probably my favorite part about being a pirate, to be honest. Well, I wanted to tell you that this special episode be brought to you by BitTorrent and the advocacy of analog audio piracy. Remember, record something off the radio today. Now, you haven't heard from your old pal Captain Stringfellahawk in a while, so you might be wondering what I've been up to. What piratey things has old Captain Stringfellahawk been up to, you might ask? Well, I took a gig as a stuntman on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney, thanks to the old <laughs> detachable leg. You can see me being tossed into the gaping maw of the whirlpool at the end of the ride. I've also been cruising through the waters off the coast of Oregon. Uh, people don't expect you out there much. And, uh, of course, I downloaded the last six seasons of 24. Man, that Jack Bauer's a badass. Oh, I also spoke in a Congress session on legally changing my status to a Treasure Acquisition and Distribution Specialist American, but that isn't actually seen as a racial standard. Seems a bit unfair to me. Oh, I also tried my hand at being a stand-up pirate. So watch the deal with farms, eh? I went to see one the other day and asked for the price of corn. He told me it was... Fucking here! Ah, 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 ah,
Uh, so he stabbed him. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Sad thing I was on a cruise ship with that job. Aye, they tossed me off. Well, it's tough finding work on the high seas. You might ask, why not seek work upon the land, Stringfella? Well, there isn't much captaining out there. And I, uh, I get land sick. I can't stay on anything solid for more than 20 minutes without pitching me lunch. Tis embarrassing during land raids. But let's get on with the piratey segments of the show, because that's why you're all here. The first review of the show will be a website called piratepalooza.com. Of course, you'll be able to find that in the show notes. They've got fun piratey sketches. Ah, it reminds me of the good old days. Sometimes they've got original content, and sometimes they hit you with a piratey version of a favorite classic movie scene. Those boys can piratize anything. They've also got a few fun short films, but one of my favorite ones be the R phone. I know that a lot of you landlubbers have been talking and raving about the new iPhone, but for us piratey types, we've got to have something. Something a little different. It's got to have something that's good for all of us piratey types. And the R phone is probably the best thing that you can imagine. On their website at piratepalooza.com slash rphone, they've got a wonderful description of the product. And it goes... The R-Phone combines three delightfully diverse products into one awkward and cumbersome handheld contraption. A revolutionary steam-powered satellite phone, a stylish French music box, and a vibrasonic multi-purpose tool that is almost, but not quite an entirely unlike, a sonic screwdriver. Ah, the Doctor Who. I like that fella. Always changes his face, though. I wonder if that would work with the ladies. See, I could piss him off with one face, and then I could... Rejuvenate or whatever the hell it's called, and I could come back with another face, and they wouldn't recognize me. Ha <laughs> ah, ha! They'd probably figure it out. I've got a distinguishing mole on my body, so I'm not quite sure if it's just the face or the entire body that he gets, because it's right on me. Well, that's <laughs> that's a story for another time, buddies. All right. Well, where was I? Ah, uh, the uh, uh, the R phone is the first portable telephone constructed of materials you've come to associate with progressive technology. From its exquisite rosewood paneling to the handsome brass frame, it shouts, This is the 18th century! And gee, this thing sure is heavy. And what do you mean it costs 20,000 doubloons? Rest assured, this is one phone you'll never lose in a pocket. Unless you have extremely fancy pants, my lord. And best of all, our phone provides an analog interface that even the simplest of simpletons, like you, my lord, can comprehend. No more confusing menu screens or complicated keystrokes. The R-Phone is built for space pirates on the go. They've got wonderful features detailing all of them, from the pretty music box to the vibrasonic action. And you can watch that in their video at piratepalooza.com slash R-Phone. And the final quick review of the day is going to be a website that is truly after me own heart. Quite possibly one of the the finest examples of pirating on the internet. It's called BusPirates.com. You get to follow the adventures of a rapscallion crew as they go from port to port and stop to stop on their mighty bus. They even meet a robot. And, well, the robot is kind of hot. I wouldn't mind checking her transistors <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> But they do have a scallywag of a bastard by the name of Redbeard. Who, ironically enough, doesn't really have a beard that's red. Actually, my beard's more red than his, but I don't know what that's about. I don't know, maybe maybe he lost it 
and he has a fake beard. You ever think about that? But then again, you want to kind of keep with your gimmick. Uh, but I'm kind of getting off trail. Anyway, go to buspirates.com. I've basically told you what it's about. It's one of the best piratey podcasts out there. And the best thing is they've got three episodes out there, and they've got three more coming soon in production. Good quality, good fun. Probably the funniest thing out there, piratey, really, because I know Captain Scurvy, who I talked about last year, unfortunately, well, I believe he's passed on. It's really sad, really, because he was a... He was a good piratey fellow, but, you know, bad, bad jokes. I tried to get in with him when I was trying to be a stand-up pirate, but unfortunately he said that my jokes weren't good enough. But it'll be time for my emo crying later. Not that I cry, because that's a very unmanly piratey thing to do. Go visit buspirates.com. And now it's time to give out the best portrayal of a pirate in cinema. Remember last year, it went to Alan Tudyk. Who played the pirate fella in Dodgeball? I miss Steve the pirate. What a guy. But this one, this time we're giving it out to a lady. This stunning last start in all three of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. She brought a loveliness in class not often representing of us, and so she gets the award. She played the lovely Wilhelmina Turner. Congratulations, sweetie. You deserve it. And now, it's my special pleasure to offer you an essay by the lovely J.R. Blackwell, who really has one of the best piratey names out there. Her essay is on the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Now I know what you're wondering. You're wondering, what's that got to do with Talk Like a Pirate Day? Well, let me tell you, she really dishes well about the connection between pollution and pirating. Something all you tree-hugging hippies ought to keep an eye out for. If we were to walk along the beach together, holding hands, and were to find at our feet a German chocolate cake, we would undoubtedly be surprised. Our shock at finding this seductive pastry results from the inborn knowledge that cake does not rise from the sands unbidden. A cake must have a baker. We understand that cakes do not simply appear randomly out of the void because of their form and complexity. If the frosting were removed, or the butter replaced with tuna salad, what we would have before us would not be the delicious concoction that we call cake. It would be burned, unfrosted tuna, and that would be disappointing. There had to be a baker for our cake, and further, since it is a glistening, moist, German chocolate cake, there must also be Germans. For we all know that... Like cake, chocolate is not naturally occurring. Chocolate must be created by Germans, people who have alchemic power over the raw substance of cocoa, thus to make it into the divine element we know as chocolate. The process of making chocolate is a mystical one, as any process that creates such delicious product must undoubtedly be. The creators of chocolate are almost as complex as the chocolate itself. And tracing this line of logic, we begin to comprehend that chocolate makers, Germans, must also have a baker. The majestic nature of chocolate clearly points to a mystical origin, and since the world is full of majesty, we suddenly understand that this baker must be a source of great spiritual power as well. 
This world, which is infinitely more complex than cake, even if the cake is both German and chocolate, cannot occur out of chance. It must have a divine baker. There are levels of form and purpose that will not rise without the intervention of a baker, and the world is full of such mixed and layered forms. The most striking of these forms is that of a pirate. Nothing but the divine could have created such a glorious creature as the pirate, let alone a ship full of pirates. Pirates could only have been created by a divine baker who, with his wisdom, applied levels of logic and organization to the complicated life of all existence. A pirate is made up of several distinct elements his love for the sea, his fanciful attire, his endless search for booty, and his pirate. His love of the sea is complex, for, as he loves the lady of the sea, breaking her maidenhead with each thrust of his prow, he also scorns her as she brings him storms and danger. A pirate has fanciful costume, sashes, and golden rings that could not have emerged from the void, but have a form and function made specifically for the body of the pirate. His lustful search for booty borders on an obsession, an endless quest for the hidden islands that rumors say contain a cursed treasure. It seems contradictory that a pirate would search for cursed treasure, but that in itself is evidence of the divine plan of our baker. Even the parrot that sits perched on the pirate's shoulder is masterfully formed, a creature able to mimic the pirate's own words, lending an ominous weight to their meaning. Such a bird could not have been created from a process by which elements available in the primordial stew of a young earth experienced passing electrical currents that stimulated them to form a variety of molecules, including a self-replicating molecule, which over time produced varieties which competed with each other for resources, becoming ever more complex through competition and mutation, some of which developed strategies involving cooperation for an advantage in the replication process, an advantage which produced an interactive whole that could have developed limbs for movement, light-sensitive cells which eventually became eyes, and bright, colorful feathers that would be used to attract mates and thus continue the process of replication originated in those basic self-replicating molecules of the primordial stew. No! That explanation is far too complex to be accurate, and, moreover, I don't understand it, so it must be wrong. What I do understand is cake. Cake, especially German chocolate cake, is scrumptious and was made by a baker. The theory of science speculates that at the creation of things there was a big bang. Could we not see this as a big baking? What of the baker, who at the beginning of time baked all things, completed the mixing, and rolled out this world, giving it a warm center and a crispy crust? Who was this baker, this elemental divinity who created the world? Our only explanation for this baker is the flying spaghetti monster, the creature that mystically baked the world into being. Holy men with the gift of sight are able to discern the teachings of the flying spaghetti monster. These holy men are good guys, not above lending a ten-spot or buying a guy a beer. To say that they are wrong, that what they preach is not complete fact, is to say that they are evil liars, which I will not stand by and listen to you say about our holy men. 
scientists claim that the creation of the Earth was something involving math or chemicals. I find math and the physical sciences to be irritating, and those scientists, none of which who have ever lent me a ten spot, are stuck-up jerks that are blind to the truth of the flying spaghetti monster. How many elephants had to die to make their ivory towers, I wonder? Jerks. Evidence of a holy baker is in our world, in cake and in chocolate. Scientists tell us that the world was a stew, when I think it is clearly a layered cake. They have the stew idea, and I have a theory that stands by cake. Who but the divine who was actually there could say which one of us is right? Cakes are made by mortal bakers. Chocolate is divinely mixed by Germans. And pirates are inexplicably complex. All these factors lead us to our conclusion that our world was created by a flying spaghetti monster who, in his wisdom, baked us all. All right, I'm welcoming, I'm welcoming Jason Adams from RandomSignal.com, the podcast with indie rock and roll and all kinds of silliness. And he's going to be giving us his argument on the pirates versus ninjas debate. I... It's not as much an argument as it is just a statement of simple fact. Oh, yes. Pirates are much... They're just, they're just better than ninjas in every single way. For, for, for four simple reasons that I'm going to make up off the top of my head. Reason number one, they have an, an accent that is very identifiable. Yar. Like, what does a ninja sound like? You have no idea. I, well, I kind of know what a ninja sounds like. Well, there's that Ask a Ninja guy, but I don't know if that's what regular ninjas sound like. Well, you know, actually, every ninja that I've ever seen, they basically all sound the same just before they kill you, or actually usually just kind of trip over something. See, that was my impression of the Ask a Ninja fella. Yeah, that was very good. I actually, I, I, I thought that the, the Ask a Ninja guy was right there in the studio with you. Actually, what, what it was, when I do the impression, I normally go, Oh, I'm a ninja. Oh, I'm a stupid head. I kill people. Nah. Which, really, I mean, it's, it's good, but it doesn't really bring out the flavor of a ninja, although I think it is a pretty accurate description of how they think. Yes. Well, it, that brings me to my, to my second point that I'm making up off the top of my head. Pirates, when they kill you, you know that they're killing you because... They're just like screaming and yelling and they're shooting their guns and they're waving their cutlasses and they're yeah, yeah. shooting their cannons and, you know, they're in a big boat. And it just, you know, you, there's, there's no question about it when you're going to be killed by a, by a pirate, right? Because that's all you can see is just pirate death descending upon you. Well, let's face it. I mean, we like to take them down like real men. Not all this mamby-pamby sneaking around stuff like we're scared of them or nothing. Know, we just walk right up to them. a man if, you, if they don't even see you coming? That's, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Exactly. Besides, otherwise we wouldn't get all these great scars that are always good talking points for when we're around the winches. Exactly. And hooks for hands and peg legs, all of that. Like, when have you seen a ninja with a peg leg? Exactly. Never. It builds character, really. Exactly. And, and people know who you are. You know, even if they just see, you know, you could be like, you know, in, in the stall at the, uh, you know, a restroom or maybe in a changing room at, uh, you know, the, the uh, department store. And they look through and they see your peg leg and they're like, oh, I'm not going to mess with that guy. He's a pirate. 
Right. And let's face it, there's also alliteration in our wounds. You've got eye patches and pirates. You've got peg legs and pirates. I mean, come on. It just, it just grammatically works. Definitely. What do ninjas have? Scrape knee ninjas. Exactly. They got nothing. Namby, pamby, pajama wearing. Yeah, nothing. I have, I've got nothing. They're, they're it, just not even worth it. Exactly. And take a look at our dress. I mean, we've got flowing jackets and shirts with ruffly collars. And... We've got style is what we've got. Exactly. They, they, they wear black. I think it's because maybe they're all fat. Because black is supposed to be slimming. And I think I think you're onto something there. Exactly, and take a look at pirates. Most of us are known for our facial hair. I know, I know, you're known for the silver bullets, sir. Ninjas, there. ninjas, you can't even see their facial hair. They've probably all. They're probably very ugly. Maybe you know their parents had to teach them to walk backwards, and <laughs> get, have pork chops around their necks to pl- the, so the dog would play with them. They're ugly. That's why they gotta have the masks, man. Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and you're never going to see a ninja with sporting, uh, you know, a handlebar mustache or a or a fancy goatee. They're they're just, you know, that it it gets they've got the whole face mask covered thing, and it just doesn't work with that. And and they have no style. They have no style at all. Exactly. Well, I don't know if polka dots would work or stripes would necessarily work with a ninja unless they had. Maybe like dark gray stripes or something, but it still would look silly. It's sillier than they already do. They look about as, as unsilly as they possibly could, and they still look pretty silly. Exactly. Now, well, now point number three, um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but that we have ships, pirate ships. Aye. And, and what, what, do the, what do the ninja have? They, got, they, don't, they don't have any sort of identifiable conveyance. At least the samurai had horses. Exactly. No, yeah, ninjas have nothing. Though they're just like, you know, tight ropes or something. You know, not nothing, nothing. You know, you you can't you can't like you know, sail into a harbor on a tightrope. You know, you can't you can't, no. you can't take over another ship at sea with, you know, those those water shoe things that they got. You know, that just doesn't work. No, true. That that's true. You know, and and really, I mean, you know. Pirates, we, we pimp our rides out, really. I mean, we've got all kinds of cannons, and we even put different things in the cannons to have different effects on our targets. Ninjas don't really. They've got sards, and they've got sighs, and they got bows. And they, they got those little... Those, those little tiny... Those little throwing stars, yeah. Throw. Yeah, what are those? Yeah, yeah, the throwing stars. Those are kind of cool. I yeah, may have to swing by Singapore and maybe find me just a... Like a... a Single pretty, ninja, pretty, but dress him up better. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't, you know, I think maybe pirates invented those things. I'm not pirates. sure about that. You think maybe ninjas are pirates that gone rogue? I, I think. I think maybe they're like uh, there was some pirate fan club somewhere in medieval Japan, and they didn't know exactly what the pirates did, other than that that they you know were dangerous, and they pretty much just made it up from what they had laying around, which were some pajamas and and. And, you know, some pirate throwing stars that they had been washed up on the shore or something like so, that. So what you're telling me is that basically ninjas are merely pirate cosplayers. Yes, but not very good ones. <laughs> but not very good ones. Well, I would have to agree with you, Jason. Do you have any more points? I said I had four, but um, I, think, I, think my, I think my fourth point is going to be all of the above. Aye, fair enough, fair enough. Option D, all of the above. Basically, but it all boils down to style. Pirate... 
pirates have style, ninjas don't have style. I think that's 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 the crux of the argument right there. Which is probably why we have more musicals based on us. Definitely. But I'm not quite sure if that's a good point or not. Well, maybe maybe not. But still, maybe. I bet there's I bet there's been more pirate more uh movies and plays and uh even Broadway musicals based on pirates and the based on ninjas. That's I mean, a hey, good point. It it it's, it speaks to a a societal you know, we're we are ingrained in the society of of, you know, human culture whereas the ninja is just kind of dancing around in the shadows on the edge like trying to get noticed but not too noticed because you know they are in the shadows exactly well thank you very much for coming on the show jason adams what's your website again sir it's www.randomsignal.com fantastic thank you very much sir you have yourself a good talk like a pirate day you too all right, well, Mr. Evo, why don't you tell us which is your, who do you think is better, pirates or ninjas? Well, you know, the majority of the people out there in the world are going to go the idea that, that pirates are, are much better than ninjas, especially on today uh, of all days. But, you know, well, yes, I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm the voice of dissension, but I'm the voice of questioning everything. Um, what? Yeah, I don't. I don't just buy it because it's the cool, catchy thing to do. I, I want to be persuaded. You know, I can see both sides of the argument. You know, ninjas have a really, really cool outfit. Pirates look kind of goofy. But then again, pirates have parrots on their shoulders, and you never see a ninja with a parrot. So, I, I'm I'm willing to be swayed one way or the other. But I'm I'm torn. You're torn. Well, what the hell? I mean, come on. We, we pirates, we've got more movies than ninjas. I mean, who represents pirates, really? We've got, we've got Johnny Depp, you know, an Academy Award-winning actor. Who do the ninjas have? They've got Michael Dudikoff. Well, let's face it, though. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies pretty much sucked. I mean, that last what? one was terrible. What is that whole kite thing made out of seaweed? Please, who buys this kind of stuff? But I did that myself to get away from the Galapagos Islands because there weren't any turtles around. I mean, come on, you, you got to do what you got, you know? I, I definitely understand that, but if that is your best representation of a pirate movie, you might want to try again. Well, let's hear what other pirate movies we've got. Well, we've got Pirates. That was, that was, that was a musical. And then there's, there's Pirates of Penzent. No, shit, that's a musical, too. You're not helping your case. Pirate. No. Um, Muppet Treasure Island. Ha, top that. Hmm, I put towards Treasure Island, yeah. I guess there there was that one. I actually did enjoy that movie. Um, of course, I was seven. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to go there from the angle of... Uh, of and and I, plus, there's the reason. I mean, why don't ninjas make very many movies? I mean, the whole idea is that you're not supposed to see ninjas. They're, they're more hidden than stuff. Um, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a pretty cool movie. I'm not sure those were ninjas. True, but the problem was, was, wasn't that directed by Ang Lee? Didn't he go on to do The Hulk in Brokeback Mountain? I kind of like The Hulk. I thought you were going to say you kind of like Brokeback Mountain. You had me worried there. <laughs> I never saw Brokeback Mountain. I, I probably should, but uh, that, that wasn't in there. Although, who would be better at ninjas or gay cowboys? Now, there is a conversation uh, for millennia. No kidding, that'd be that'd be the that I think honestly, whoever could solve that one would probably get a Nobel Peace Prize, really. <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize and broken backs or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, that, probably a chiropractor. Maybe it's a three-way fight between the ninjas and ca gay cowboys and pirates. Three-way, get it? That was. I think. I, oh, 
Yeah. I, uh, well, I think that's all the time that we've got. Thank you for tuning in, Evo. We appreciate it. Aye, aye, Captain. I've got on the line the lovely Mer Lafferty, who, of course, you heard giving out some of my favorite pirate pickup lines from last year's episode. How you doing, Mer? I'm doing really good, Rich. Thank you. How are you? Oh, actually, me name be uh, Captain Stringfella Hawk. Today on Tuck Like a Pirate Day. Yeah. Okay. That'd be, okay. that be me pirate name. But but that's okay. A lot of people misunderstand it. But, you know, really, we're here not to talk about who I am and about me. We're here to talk about the age-old debate between pirates and ninjas. And I'd like to hear your take on that, being such a, a powerful juggernaut in a podcasting community such as yourself. Pirates and ninjas? Aye. What about robots? Robots. Robots. What about them? Well, see, here, here's the way I see it. Pirates are way too romanticized. You know, they did some pretty terrible things. And ninjas, yes. you know, they're, they, I really don't believe half the stuff that they say they can do. However, robots, you can make a robot do anything. And you know what even you can do? You can make a robot like a pirate. Or you can make a robot be like a ninja. Or you can make a robot be like a sex slave. And then when they take over the world, they'll at least be built to be sex slaves. Well, you know, I really can't argue with that. Although I did know a guy, uh, his name was, uh, his name was Pete the Pirate. He was, he was always offered himself up as a sex slave. But, well, I mean, it was all of us lads, so we didn't really take him up on it, though. Did he bathe? Well, it wasn't really the bathing that we were kind of against the whole sex slave thing. There, there was something else about him. He, he had this weird kind of a growth, uh, right between. Oh, it was a penis. I think that was kind of why we weren't too thrilled. Although, you know, uh, Lawrence, he, he, they did kind of hang out a lot. Lawrence was one of me. He was one of me deckhands. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they off, they were kind of chummy. But, you know, you, you've got a good point there with the robots, actually. With the, I like the sex slave thing. And, you know, the best part is, is if they try to mutiny, try to rise up, you just reprogram them and they don't exactly. bother you so much. Exactly. You got a switch. You got the switch on. You got the switch off, which can be useful in many ways. I, it would. But you have to worry about rusting. The, the sea, the, the salt air, the sea air doesn't really go well with metal. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that. I think there's, there's, isn't there stainless steel or they'd have to be oiled frequently and being sex slaves, they'd be all for that. Aye, that'd be a good point. And we could probably get uh, Pete over there. He likes oiling them up. He likes oiling up Lawrence a lot. So I think that he'd probably be all for oiling them up, but they're kind of boxy though. eh? But I guess you could probably break them down and store them pretty easy and only bring them out when you need to. That's true. That's true. They fit under the bed like a good treadmill. Aye. Well, thank you very much, Mer Lafferty. I appreciate it. And where can people find you on the interweb? Uh, the best place to go is merlafferty.com, and that's where you can find a link to all my patio books and my podcasts and my other various projects. Thank you, Mer. You happen to be my favorite pod winch out there. Aw, thanks. I hope you enjoyed those as much as I enjoyed recording them. You've been listening to the Requiem of the Outcast Tuck Like a Pirate Day episode. If you didn't get this from our main website or podcast feed, please go to the site at requiemoftheoutcast.com or outcastmultimedia.com. And remember, every September 19th be Tuck Like a Pirate Day. 
but that doesn't mean that you have to spend the rest of your year doing unpiratey things. When you walk by somebody and going past your lunchroom at work, just look at them and give them a hearty R or how you doing? Or, you know, feel free to download something on BitTorrent or something like that. Do something piratey every day. My favorite thing happens to be winches. <laughs> Hello, I know what you're thinking. After a day of hard plundering, you may think about taking a few of your crew, bringing them below, and making them swab your deck. You know, keel hauling them. Don't. That's what the winches are for. That's why they have the girly parts. <laughs> <laughs> 